Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast. Uh, this is Mr. Forrest coming to you from Costa Rica. I am out in the field, as it were, recording this introduction. I've been here for the last uh, little over a week at a place called Reunion Experience. Rod and I were facilitating a week of a psilocybin retreat with two ceremonies. In addition to that, uh, she was leading things like yoga, and we also had... Um, I got to do a little bit of a concert in between there and breathwork sessions. Even got to share a little sneak peek of the Music for Mushrooms documentary rough cut we're working on. Uh, but uh, I am I'm feel very blessed and very grateful to be here and grateful to all the brave souls that uh, came and showed up. We had with we had some of the staff joining us uh, for the different the two different journeys and we had probably about a little over 30 people in the room. And that's a big group to lead through that kind of work, uh, but you know this is the 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 root of the tree. It's definitely my root. It's where my my music has come from, quite literally. You know, I began in that space, guiding ceremonies just like this. That's why the music is sort of the way it is, and it's taught me a lot about uh, creating music and the mushrooms being my own muse. And uh, I mean, it's it's. Like I said, it's the roots. So it's important for me to continue this work and to be in touch with this. And it's something that I'm committed to and that I haven't dropped over the years. I certainly do it maybe less in this way than I have wait, you know, 15 years ago um, because we're also doing a lot of public performances that are much more of like a hybrid where obviously we're not dosing people and we're not even recommending that people necessarily come to our public events and are imbibing in certain ways, but people do what they do and we want people to feel supported and we're in this edge, this edgy space where we all recognize that we want to do inner work and that inner work is important as part of the transformation on this planet, this fundamental transformation that's going on as a society, uh, but we want to do that responsibly and safely. You know, This is, this is the kind of stuff where we enter in, in medicine work, we enter into spaces that are incredibly vulnerable in, in all ways, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. And so we have to handle that and, and care for that with a lot of, well, tenderness and care. And I'm, I'm very aware of that. So that's why uh, it's one of the reasons why it's difficult to do this kind of work. Besides the, the legality in places like the U.S. and a lot of Western countries, we came down here to Costa Rica. Reunion is a place that um, does ayahuasca and psilocybin ceremonies and they reached out about us hosting uh, you know, a week the way we'd want to do it here uh, with me guiding that music or the experience through music and we did a lot of due diligence. Rada came down here to visit and to not just meet the team sort of soul to soul but also see what they're up to, see the space and we had a lot of questions and of course I had questions about the sound because <laughs> I'm like, look it's one thing to come down but often when we're in uh, foreign countries, especially in remote or semi-remote retreat centers and so forth, uh, they might not have access to the same kind of sound systems. Certainly, I can't rent them. Um, but they even procured a really wonderful uh, EAW quad sound system down here. So we had a really beautiful uh, supported sound experience and could really just dive into this, this um, sort of semi-indoor-outdoor temple space and uh, we decided this would be a good place to do a forward-facing offering like this for y'all. And I know it's not something that everyone can do on multiple levels, whether financially or just even be able to take that kind of time off, or if you're interested in that. But I think it's part of the pieces that I want to offer in the world. This is at least out there as an offering where you're fully supported. Uh, they have you know medical staff here and psychological support and of course, the food and the environment, it's, you know, it's about as good as, it, as good as it gets in that regard. So it was an amazing experience in that way and, and very difficult. It's a lot of, I feel depleted right now in a good way, but it's a, that's a lot of energy outlay to guide uh, ceremonies for one person or 20 or however many. Um, and so it's, you know, I've been playing a lot more concerts in the last couple of years that are, that are sort of that hybrid, like the, the ceremony concert tour, or even when I'm in like a, a theater and we're sitting 
it's, it's all the same energy, right? And we enter into these spaces with a sense of openness and seeing where the magic or where music can take us. And that's not unique to me. I mean, it's, it's like kind of like all concerts are that way. And you know, we all recognize, especially live music experiences, have this ability to move us emotionally. And that's something that's been part of the human experience forever, truly forever. And we're just manifesting it now in this modern way uh, with amplification and this whole vanguard of electronic music and what we can do in theatrical spaces, it, which is so cool. You know, it's, we're really just taking that medium from sitting around the fire with basic percussion and, or just singing songs or bone flutes and transforming that into things with Ableton Live and still using the human voice. So it's, it's really amazing. Um, but uh, this was an opportunity to talk to Brad Wells, who is the founder. And it's not easy to put these kind of things together or, you know, people who, who want to start retreat centers. We, we hear that a lot. You know, people say, I want to start a retreat center. And I mean, it's tough to do. And when you get into it and you're actually running one, you're, you're in the real work. And <laughs> so it's interesting to talk to folks who are doing it. It's like, well, all right. I think they opened just before the pandemic or right at the beginning of the pandemic. And they've been and working to build something from there. And they're a nonprofit, which is pretty cool. Uh, so at least they can take certain pressures off themselves about uh, needing to always be in profit, being the driver. But hey, it's, it, they have a ton of costs and they had a all that amazing support that is offered, uh, even from a lot of the Costa Rican employees there, they have to pay for that and support that and support people's families. So um, I'm hoping they can get the sustainability in the near future. And, uh, you know, these are things that you see if it's right for you. But I think it's fun to learn a little bit about the process. And uh, I do record these ceremonies as I record the, the ceremony concerts and all my concerts live because th those live spaces is where I get to create or, or sort of where I should say the uh, content for my ceremony albums comes from. It's sort of birthed and gifted to me through the mushrooms or through these live experiences that are co-created with the listener. And in that way, it feels very different if I were to do that alone, like in a studio, even if I was still improvising and playing the same style of music, there's something important about uh, doing that together and the reciprocity of the listener and the performer and I'm listening to the listener and they're, and that's like their performance in a way and it creates something. And sometimes there's moments in there, uh, waves of, I don't know, creativity or inspiration that are beautiful that they can then be shared, essentially digitized and put into some kind of album that can then have its own life sort of like the Music for Mushrooms album or albums like In or Crystal Starship, Prana, Music to Die To, Music to Be Born To. Um, so I'm working on a, essentially a follow-up to the Music for Mushrooms album, a sort of volume three of a soundtrack for the Psychedelic Practitioner series. And that's going to be part of the soundtrack for the, the, the documentary we'll be releasing this year called Music for Mushrooms as well. You can go to musicformushrooms.com. There is a, a website um, just we'll have a much more fleshed out website for the film this year, but right now it's just to get on our, uh, the community newsletter to get updates about that as we unfold in many different ways this year. But, um, yeah. And of course, I just want to say thank you to our Patreon. We've had some really beautiful signups over the last week. I, that support is really amazing. It goes, uh, directly to this project to, my, uh, to, to cover the costs of both this podcast but also support the entire East Forest project. So thank you to everyone who signs up, all of our different tiers over there. I, I offer things like recordings from these ceremonies that I, I don't release anywhere else. Uh, there's lots of long form content there as well as demos and all sorts of other things, including our monthly Zoom council where I do a live music meditation uh, and we get to converse and, and meet as a community. We've had a, a beautiful community over there for several years. Check it out, patreon.com slash East Forest and um, yeah lots of other things coming up but um, want to say thank you and we'll dive into this conversation now with Brad Wells so we've just finished two nights of psilocybin ceremony here at Reunion 
And I thought last night was really beautiful. Yeah, it was. It's kind of like people, I don't know, I think there were, it's always just like the universe decides how these things roll, of course, but it's also, I think there was an advantage to people the first night they get to sort of understand, even me too, understand the flow and we work out some kinks energetically. And I felt last night people dove in in a way that was really beautiful. Yeah. It was nice to have a night, take a night off and then do a second one. Yeah. Tuesday and Thursday in a Sunday to Saturday retreat. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday yeah. to Saturday. So let's do just a little backgrounds for people here. How in the world... <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm going to ask. Do you get to decide you want to do the task of opening a medicine, plant medicine retreat center in Costa Rica? And let me set the scene for people. We're sitting, in, is this a Guanacaste? Yeah, yeah, Guanacaste. Region, west coast of Costa Rica right now. I'm looking out the window. I can see the the ocean. This is just truly an incredible property. I mean, it's 40 acres on the beach. There's beautiful grounds and structures and statues and it's very serene and and private the beach here although a public beach is i was just saying to rada this morning it's like this beach is amazing it's like not many people are here it's a very mellow surf you can just walk right down i've been jumping in the ocean multiple times a day which is so just grounding and cleansing yeah i love just swimming around just pelicans diving and ospreys in the distance and who knows what else and so it's a beautiful, beautiful grounds. But look, we hear all the time, as I'm sure you do, that people go through ceremonies and they have this wonderful awakening and maybe they want to put an ayahuasca tattoo on their body. But you also hear about wanting to open a retreat center. People say this. And I know from being just a, a participant of facilitating retreats, it's hard work, more than hard work. I mean, it's really the, the bleeding edge of the transformation or part of it on on the planet. It's not it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. So, how and why you've now been doing this for a few years? Uh, did you come to be sitting here doing this? Yeah, thanks for that, Krishna. Um, opening reunion was never on my bucket list. I I never you know, ever wanted to open a, a retreat center. It was just yeah. not something on my radar. Um, but I you know had my own experience with plant medicine. Um, with with ayahuasca was my first experience and you know after a week not just myself but I could see the participants I w- was there with you know other guests I just had a, a transformative experience you know and I went back to you know a number of times to experience the medicine and it just had a profound shift in my life which led to me just realizing how much of my self-worth was tied up in my business I was really proving myself. That Your was previous business, my previous of course, business. Yeah, yeah, my, my previous business. Um, Twenty five years in 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 that company, and I really enjoyed it. You know, um, which is why you know spending you know six and seven days a week was okay. Mm. Um, but I just realized that I had a lot of my self worth tied up in that. And through plant medicine, that awareness came, and and I worked through letting it go. Really, an integrative process. So, you know, one night. You know, I was really contemplating, you know, what do, what do I do now? You know, sold the company. Um, I was volunteering at an ayahuasca center. And um, one night in a ceremony, I was like, okay, let's do, let's open a center. <laughs> yeah, as, as happens, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, how did you make it happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was through a process. I was like, <laughs> I remember negotiating in the ceremony, like, um, how about we just do it on this a little bit, you know, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's not go, you know, let's, let's not do the full thing. Why don't we just host a couple of retreats somewhere and, and take it from there. But the, you know, I just felt that one of the things that the world needs are people where places, uh, you know, places where people can go to come together in community and experience healing work. And part of that was to fo- um, found reunion as a not-for-profit so that the motive for doing this wasn't driven by, by profit. And I have no problem with profit. I mean, I spent 25 years as an entrepreneur or longer, you know, and that's the measure of success. What's the bottom line look like? Uh, so, so here, doing reunion as not-for-profit really has allowed us to, to do this for a different reason. And it is to help people to provide a space where people can come in and do exactly what they did last night, you know, um, 
people, ex, you know, say, "Hey, I had a really good time last night." But when you when you talk to them further, you know, what 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 is a good time? And they're just like, "I worked out so much," you know, "I I feel like I'm closer to who I am." You know, it's a different definition of a good time. Yeah, and I mean, and I don't think there's any way around facing challenges in that space. It's it's uh, it's just a very rich space and one that you don't control. And I think that's where the bravery comes in and the courage because you're giving up um, your your ability to. We think we have control in daily life, so at yeah. least our perception of control we're giving up, but in a really big way. And that does take bravery. And I think that's actually what unlocks the power of the medicine ceremony. I mean, imagine if it was never hard, yeah, it would actually wouldn't work. If there's just a pill, you just, I mean, we have, those are the drugs that actually become addictive and you know, it's like you just instant ecstasy in a sense yeah, and transcendence. And the fact that it requires courage in a sense is your choice and will. That's a handing something over that, that makes it powerful. Right. Well, when you hear the tears and, and laughter, you know, and the sadness, and then the happiness, you yeah. know, people really work through all, all the different, all the different emotions, all the different stuff in our lives. Yeah. So there are other, you know, retreat centers have been around, but they've been popping up probably more over the last, I don't know, decade or so. And, um, this is my first experience doing sort of a public facing retreat that is full service, so to speak, where, uh, y'all are helping with the medicine and there's, there's medical staff and it's, 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 uh, you know, full spectrum support for people while they're here. Um, but that's also expensive for people. And I'm sure there's, I, I'm looking around, there's a lot of operating costs here. There's a lot of people helping, which is beautiful. Um, but I know that's something that people think about when they think about traveling and what, you know, what's the future of this kind of work? What do you, what do you think are some of the challenges in that way for access for people? It's great that it's a non-for-profit, but also what might the future hold as on one hand, um, things might become more legalized in certain here or even in the U.S. I'm curious if, what you think about that and how this, where does, was reunion's role in the future? Well, I think that people are increasingly wanting, wanting to get together in community. Yeah. In a place where they're safe, you know, physically safe, psychologically safe, medically safe, you know, and, and come together. I think, you know, it, I think it's great that, that these um, medicines are becoming increasingly legal in different areas. And a lot of them are, you know, more ther therapist, patient, and, and that works. It's, it's, it's often the most available. Mm -hmm. um, I, what we're seeing is people still want to come together and, and sit with 25 other people and, and feel that community. And one of the things we do here is, is in that indigenous, you know, we follow the indigenous lineages, you know, especially for our ayahuasca, and it is about healing and community was never a one-on-one -on -one shaman in, in So it's villager. only group journeys. We There's only do group journeys. Someone can't call and say like, like on the side. Like yeah. We're, we're not one-on-one. -on -one. We don't have therapy rooms. That's, that's just not who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. We have a temple. We do this together. We do the ceremony together like we did last night yeah. and in an hour or so, uh, a sharing circle afterwards for, for people to really come together and, and, and connect with their experiences. Are all of your experiences like a week? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we do Saturday. That's a Saturday commitment. Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really saying like it's all or we don't do it. It's like like you're really spending because there's so it's luxury, but there's so much benefit to like having time to drop in and and just let all your you know decompress from everything of your life before you get into the ceremony space, and then conversely at the end. Yeah, too. it takes a day or two. Yeah. Right? People are flying. People's lives are busy. We really encourage people. You know, we have great Wi-Fi here, but you know, this would be a good chance to <laughs> to you know to let let all the electronics go and take some space, some time for you. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, you know, for the people out there, who are like I want to open a retreat center. I mean, what what do you think are the both the blind spots? And this is, and in some ways, an industry, a very small one. Um, but almost like what you've learned, your own personal discoveries in. In endeavoring to do this, yeah, um, we hear it a lot here. You know, people have an amazing yeah, yeah. week, and and you know, they're like, you know, I want to I want to do this back home, or I want to do, or this. they want to work here, probably. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of yes. <laughs> like, I want to stay. <laughs> we have that too. <laughs> How can I stay? <laughs> one of our one of our guests Forever. last night has been here now for three weeks. <laughs> this is his third week, <laughs> so so we do get that, and and you know, we we have a lot of people that are looking to volunteer to get some experience in the space. 
Um, but yeah, I do hear a lot, uh, you know, I want to open a retreat center and I'm highly encouraging of that, right? You know, there's 8 billion people in the world and, and this, these medicines, you know, becoming increasingly available are only going to help. So one of the things that, that, you know, our language around this is we don't consider other centers competitors. We call them other providers and, you know, people have followed up and asked questions. What about this? How would you do that? You know, um, yeah, I, I think more are good. Well, what about like, you know, this, what are the choices people could make, like making it for profit versus nonprofit? I mean, there's when we zoom out, it's like, OK, it seems obvious. We might say, yeah, one's better in our minds. But what are the pros and cons of that? The reason reunion is a not for profit, from my perspective, it, I'm doing this for something different than I've done before. Right? So I have no problem with profit. I mean, and here we have bills to pay. I'm not doing this for money being left over at the end of that. I, I, I almost view this <laughs> as a bit of a sabbatical from what I've done before. And, and the opportunity here is, is to do this work with, without trying to make money as the result. So when I, I appreciate it when I'm talking to a guest, when someone asks me, you know, uh, back home, what is it that you do? I can tell them what I do in, in how we're doing it without trying to sell them on coming so yeah. that it, there's a, there's a money being made at the end of it. Right. So changes, you know, what I hear from guests, the, the feedback I hear from guests is it, there's no upsells here. You know, there's no, there's no rebooking team. But you need, but I, like you, you started in the pandemic and you know, you do have to make costs. There's a lot going on here. I mean, you said it's over hundred plus staff. And you have a farm where you're growing ayahuasca in Peru to try to replenish. And I, I just know behind it, there's cooks, there's, there's all sorts of things going on, capital improvements. Yeah. So there's, there is this idea that okay, we have to, uh, it's a, you got to run this in a way that's sustainable. My hope is that we can get it to be sustainable. We're certainly not now, right? Um, and one of the reasons we've appreciated having you down here is just to bring some awareness to Reunion. You know, we can't advertise on the traditional Googles because they don't let they, us they use don't, those words. They don't words. like using it's the word mushroom. How do they figure out? Because you can talk about mushrooms as food in other ways. I mean, how does... I, I Probably AI putting it all together. A mushroom retreat is probably not a, a for foodies. Um, you know, but psychedelics, ayahuasca, psilocybin, um, our, our, our site got pulled down for... We weren't allowed to advertise. So it's hard to get word out that we're even here. So having even you here. Even though that you're in Costa Rica, that's the part that's a bit confusing. We're in Costa Rica where this is not illegal, but Google is an American company. I know, but I guess because they're saying you're, they're just, some lawyer is like, look, this is the safest route for us. It's, it's no different than cannabis. In certain states, it's legal. Mm -hmm. in, in you still can't advertise with Google because federally it's not. I mean, right. the world's changing. I yeah. mean, it's, this is archaic thinking. You know, these medicines are changing lives, they're saving lives, right? So eventually it will come. But going back to being sustainable, this is the kind of center where you have to put it together so people can come and have the experience. It's not something where you're, okay, well, one day we'll have a temple and a couple of years later we'll, we'll put some rooms up and, you know, eventually we'll, yeah. we'll have a kitchen. I mean, it, it has been intensive to, to bring it all together, to create it. And, and the hope is, and we're seeing it, in, increasingly people are finding out that we're here, they're hearing about it, they're, they're hearing about the, the level of support. Um, you know, I had a guest last night say, you know, they really feel there's a lot of integrity here, which, which means a lot. Yeah, that's, I was telling you this in conversation, that integrity is everything when we're talking about uh, any sort of facilitation when people ask me about, you know, should I do this or that? What do you think of this place or that place? I always say it's like, it's the number one thing is, you know, is, is the person leading it in the place have integrity? And that's, you, you ask around, certainly do your research. And then some of that is just your feeling too, because the vulnerability that we enter into in the medicine space is, is really profound. When people are cracked open and then when traumas are being worked through for them often, that's where things are very tender and it's important that it's critical that the people who are holding that space have integrity because there just isn't very much room for, you know, mess and it can get messy very easily. Yeah. Well, you tell me, you've been here a week, you've heard from our guests, you know, um, certainly open to suggestions or ideas if there's things that, that we can improve upon. 
You've been to different places. What's well, your? It, it feels like people have integrity. My heart's in the right place. I mean, that's step one. Um, I, I don't know how other ceremonies are run. I do have one question. I was curious, like what you do about music or how, cause you do ayahuasca and psilocybin here. Right. And so I know in the traditional lineages of ayahuasca, of course, is the Karos, and I'm assuming that the, the shamans you're working with are singing songs. Yeah. Right. So that yeah. part, I'm like, okay, I kind of understand that, but I was curious about the psilocybin. Tell me a bit actually, cause I just, I have my way that has developed internally and out externally from 15 years ago. And that story has been told in my podcast, but I'm curious, like how, how are the other psilocybin ceremonies run? Like sort of mechanically, like. Um, very similar to, to what we would have experienced last night um, with, with a lot of East Forest music mixed into the playlist. So, so, it's be, so that, well, we're just there, like that, someone's playing music that's recorded. There would be a playlist. Play- yeah, we, we have certain playlists. You know, if we were to do, we do three psilocybin ceremonies in, in, in a week here, we would have a different playlist, some common songs. Um, one during the day that we do have a different vibe to the music. But yeah, very um, curated list of of songs that we that we play for because music being so important in the journey right and you know a lot of these force gets mixed into that i mean the music's great for for psychedelics differences last night was all east forced so and live <laughs> and live and improvised yeah <laughs> yeah it's <was> beautiful <laughs> um, but yeah so it would be similar ideas similar you know, uh, feel in the, in the temple, just, um, you know, try to hold the space the same way, support the guests in the same manner that, that we've been doing this week and, and just a different level of music, different music. But it's, it's primarily guided. Like once you, uh, imbibe the medicine by the music and people are in their, in the circle and their space. And then it, I mean, is there, is there any other differences? No, not a lot. Right. I mean, really it's about holding space, making sure people are supported making sure people are safe to really go in and do their own work. Right? You know, so what we do here is really provide a place where people can, can go into this yeah. and, and let the medicine do what the medicine's going to do. To your point, it's different for everyone. It's different every night. You know, so we don't try to direct that or create a, a certain feeling or expectation. And, and quite frankly, the same with, with, with the ayahuasca. You know, the, the indigenous elders that come here and, and, and do this work are, are really there supporting the guests and, and allowing the medicine, holding space, you know, keeping from an energetic perspective, keeping mm-hmm. it the container yeah. held tightly. That's what we do. Have you been able to find any uh, lineages or traditions with psilocybin in Costa Rica from, from Costa Ricans no. that you could... Not in, in, not certainly not in the way, you know, are not in the way that we would see with with ayahuasca, where it's you know thousands of years of. of there's some of that still in Mexico. I know that's the closest I could think, and I, it might be around, but it's uh, it's interesting how it's those lineages are a bit less present or public, certainly less public, um, primarily around the world. But that crossed my mind. You know, I thought about cacao because you've done some cacao ceremonies yeah. here. I guess you do work with that's another medicine. Yeah. And I know it's grown here at Cacao, but I wondered if that was indigenous, actually. We actually we get our cacao uh, grown locally, organically, from from a family farm here in, yeah. in, in Costa Rica. So definitely the cacao is is, is local. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, a, you know, a, an indigenous lineage that would sit with, with psilocybin, not not that we're aware of. Yeah. It's it's curious. I don't know, to be honest, um, the, the, you know, the, this, how far that, or what, because it probably goes back when I think about um, Mayans and Aztecs, and it, you know that was probably quite widespread. A lot of the practices, but I don't know. Um, I know everything grows everywhere. It grows here for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, grows here. So, what do you think are the differences? Let's speak about psilocybin, particularly because uh, the practices around that ceremony uh, are varied around the world. And what are some of the pros and cons of working, say? Let's say you're in the States at home and you've, you've procured or even grown or found your own psilocybin mushrooms versus, and working with yourself or with a friend versus coming here. What we found here, in, and I think, you know, as I read the research, it's supported that the set and setting is really important to, to the journey experience. And what we try to do here is provide a set and setting that people can, can go in and do this work where they feel safe, where they feel supported, where the, the music's there, et cetera. And I'm sure that that kind of environment can be created other places. Um, yeah, I guess 
my, when I'm asked about doing this individually, you know, I'm always, you know, you want to make sure that you, there's a sitter, that there's some qualified people with you, that you're just not going deep into plant medicine or a psychedelic experience and, and not being supported. Because you have medical staff here and a whole clinic, which on a level of like feeling like, okay, that's covered just in case in super outlier situations. Do you have, um, what about beyond the facilitator themselves, like sort of psychological support if someone feels they really need that in the moment or maybe like the next day? Yeah. Well, we actually have, you know, a doctor of psychology. Um, we have a, a psychotherapist, uh, uh, two on, on the team here mm -hmm. to support guests. Um, usually a lot of that's done pre and sometimes post. People need the, the extra support. So what we do at Reunion is, is really you know, that, that ground between the indigenous and, and the sacred and, and modern modalities and science. We try to bring those, those together. So there is a medical clinic. We're, we're licensed here. We do have psychotherapists and, and, and people on, on the team to support the yeah. guests. What, what if your, what's your internal process been over the years? Like what are some of the struggles that come up uh, for you personally? when you, you kind of go through, is it, is it parts where you, you, you're like, man, this is really hard? Or it's like, what are the things that cause you to be like, these are the things I've had to overcome? Yeah, um, we opened in 2019. And you go back to the question about opening a retreat center. It's a lot of work, right? We opened in the middle of the pandemic. The place was extremely run down um, when we were able to purchase the property. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and especially I wasn't in this business, you know, so maybe if you had a hospitality background and you were used to, you know, that you'd have a better understanding. So it took a lot of work. Took, that's why we have the team that we do, you know, bringing people together that can support us. We have almost 128 people, you know, at, at Reunion. And wow. it's to pull together the level of support we need for for the guest. Yeah. Yeah. But still, for you personally, like... Yeah, you know, no, what's the things that sometimes you've sat there at the dark, in the middle of the night, like, oh man, like. <laughs> my question sometimes is like, you know, I sold my company, um, you know, I, I have a retirement home and then I was like, I'm not spending a lot of time in that retirement home, right? <laughs> I, I was just going to hang out. It's not far, uh, it's in the U.S., not far from, from the ocean and I'm not there a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm here quite a bit. You basically live here. Um, I definitely call reunion home. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is my home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of people that call this home. We have a lot of people that live here on the grounds. Most, most of our facilitation team live here. Yeah. I noticed that it's really nice for them. It's an awesome place to live. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, you know, definitely fosters a sense of community, right? I mean, we need our own space and after a full week, people need to be able to, you know, spend time and, and, and regenerate and bring themselves back refreshed. But yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, there's a sense of community. And we say that to guests. Like this isn't a this isn't a hotel on on the beach. That's we live here. This is our home, and we invite them to make it their home as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, what aside from opening at the pandemic? I mean, what have some of the challenges been that you've had to overcome? Uh, well, we're on the ocean in Costa Rica. For some reason, I had in my mind, you know, it, it's Central America. You know, this should be easy. You should be able to come down and you know build some buildings and change things around. It, I mean, to their credit, really, in in Costa Rica, it's a highly, highly regulated country. I right. mean, every tree in this property has a tag on it, and numbered and marked. So a tree, every can, tree, every tree. Wow. You know, one of the guests asked, what's that tag? You know, mm -hmm. and every tree gets marked. And before we can cut down a tree, we have to make sure it's, it's, it, it can be cut down and get a permit to do so. So to, to, to put up some buildings, to put up the temple, to, to do these things is a lot of red tape because we're so close to the ocean. I'm guessing it's highly regulated, but not as highly organized as like, say, <laughs> the Canadians where you're coming from. Or, <laughs> that's my guess. Yeah. Things take a, a long time. And Canada's uh, very highly regulated. It's highly regulated, but yeah, we're more efficient for sure. Just things happen faster, right? I mean, we're putting in some additional space for staff and guests. And I think our permitting process was close to two years, right? Which, which can feel like forever. Well, know? especially when you need to like turn it into something that you can use. Right, You're putting exactly. capital investment in. Yeah. yeah. So it's highly regulated, which, you know, once you navigate through that, it's probably a good thing. It's why the country is as clean as it is. But it does take a, it's a little slower moving, for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, someone told me that you have to adjust to Costa Rica because Costa Rica won't adjust to you, meaning the pace. You just got to slow it down a little. Yeah. And it's been how many years now? We opened in 2019, so we're going into our fifth year. Okay. And are you going to keep doing it no matter what? Or is, I mean, what's the thing, the Rubicon for you? Because I know you didn't do this. I mean, you need it to be sustainable. Uh, and, and I think you're on your road there. It is a path of, to do it the right way, it's got to be slow and steady, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's definitely times I'm like, what are we doing this for, you know? Um, and then I'll sit with the guest after ceremony or in sharing circle or at a meal, you know, and they just share their experience and how transformative the experience has been in, in how much, you know, they were searching for something in, in the medicines, you know, either ayahuasca or psilocybin helped them, right, or transformed. I, I sat across from a guest a couple of weeks ago and he looked me in the eye and he said, I've been looking for 55 years for what I found this week, you know, and you just kind of sit there and go, okay. Direct experience. That's what's so powerful about this. There's no you, people, you're setting the stage for people to have their own belt experience, even more importantly, uh, through uh, psilocybin or ayahuasca. And that's, those are their teachings is feeling in a way. Yeah. Feeling things that they've ne maybe never been able to feel. Right? It's hard to describe in, until you've had that because it, when I had my first journey way back when I was 19, uh, luckily it was positive, but it was the fact that I, I had this experience that gave me understandings of things that I had yearned for in the background that intellectually I did not and still don't fully understand, but that's irrelevant. The fact that it transcended cognitive understanding was what made it so valuable yeah. and important. It was, a, it was a feeling of knowing that you know before, but it's like actually feeling it fully that you're just sort of like... It's a gift <laughs> of just, ah, oh, I, yeah, th like, oh, the, thank God, literally, thank God for the grace that that is, I could be re reminded of the thing you were hoping for. Yeah. How I've described it before is it's like trying to describe a sunset to someone that's never seen one. Or being the sunset. <laughs> yeah. Or being the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> you but know, how like, do you describe that? Yeah. You know, if you, if you can't experience it or witness it firsthand, it, it's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I have the same feelings too. I mean, all the time of like, why am I doing this or not why, but like, should I be doing this or man, this is really hard. This is not, this is a crazy way to like make a living. Yeah. You know, it's just like, there gotta be easier <laughs> ways, but also at the same time, I feel like, wow, what a privilege and how amazing, you know, it always hits me at moments you zoom out and you're like, how did this happen? And then you think, it's it's really beautiful that I, I have this opportunity to be just in a role. You're role playing in a sense for people to, to for all of us because it does the same thing for me. If someone else is feeling infinite or they're feeling these insights, I'm feeling them too, just because they're feeling them. Yeah. Just because you're you know when you help someone. Well, that's a shared experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're describing what they've been through with you the night before. Now it's a real privilege uh, yeah. and a blessing to, especially today. I was talking to. Uh, one of the guests uh, after the first ceremony before the second one and they're saying something like you know i just feel like i'm i'm tired of i'm tired i'm always working and trying to figure the things out and there's always it's all, like there's not that destination in a way and i was like yeah and and i could say different things about like well you know a friend of mine court says all choices are valid and everyone graduates or it's this endless blossoming that there is no destination and there's nothing for you to learn and there's nothing to earn. Like it, you already have it, but they're like, but why do I feel like I need to keep learning things? And I was like, well, the mystery is called the mystery for a reason. You know, right, yeah. it's a campus earth, but it's also like you've already graduated, but you know, <laughs> yeah, but yet we all will. And it's, it is strange, but also like the reason we have challenges and things to push up against is so that there's something to do here. Something uh, to experience. Well, otherwise we just be like souls floating around in union, but then that's maybe the point of incarnation. It's all, yeah. and I know that's frustrating. It's like, I, I feel it too, but it's one of those things. Sometimes the simplicity and it's like, sometimes we get caught in our own processes. And if you can say, you know, just maybe go out and, help other people feel the things you're wanting to feel or the things you're struggling with. Because I learned that by doing this 
as a job or as a work, the huge benefit to me is that it keeps continually putting me into the place of having to say these things or I'm reminding myself <laughs> yeah, too. As you say it. Yes. Yeah. And then I feel it too. And I'm like, oh man, thank God. Otherwise I'd just be adrift and probably, you know, never having the discipline to, to do it myself. Well, one of the things that, you know, I've come to realize for myself in the the plant medicine or in these medicines is it's so much of, you know, my life is a story that I tell myself and, you know, I can, I can drop some of these stories that I've been hanging on to forever and write a new story. You know, it's, it's yeah. really our mind creating this, this existence for us and the awareness, you know, that if, you know, something's not working, change it up, let it go. You know, and it sounds trite to say that, but that's one of the things that I've experienced in these medicines, the ability to let some of, the, some of these stories go. We have a workshop yeah. here called The Stories We Tell Ourselves, The Stories We've Been Told and The Stories That We Tell Ourselves. And it's really about which stories do you want to tell yourself? Yeah, and stories and beliefs. And beliefs, yeah. Are things we hold. They're not the immutable truths. It's actually things we've ch- chosen. Right. And these these truths or these ideas are simple. They're not always easy. Yeah. You know, you like Maharaj, you love everyone, tell the truth. It's like simple, not, not always, always easy. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, the awareness for me started with, you know, these beliefs I have started with hearing a story from somebody else in many time, many circumstances. And then it's, do I want to hang on to that? Does that work for me? You know, then it becomes my belief. Someone else's story has become my belief. And is that where I want to be? Might be might serve me or maybe it doesn't have you had any crazy synchronicities here or have people oh. told you like can <laughs> oh, you yeah. tell us one or something it, like that oh. i've had a couple just being here little ones that i'm just like that's so awesome yeah you go first let's let's well all right i was sitting having um in the dining area which is like outside and there's the ocean and having some tea is the morning and you have a little speaker back there that plays whatever right you know yeah. it's like an alexa or something and it was playing like a radio station yeah. and um, Trevor Hall's, the remix, A Reminder came on that I did with Trevor Hall. Okay. And Trevor's on. And I was thinking about him and then I was just having this whole little reverie about Trevor. And he texts me. He doesn't text me that often. He texts me in that moment about a question about something. And I said immediately, like, dude, <laughs> I was literally, not like five minutes ago, like right now, thinking about you and this and he's like oh wow man and then as i'm writing that and he said and i said it just feels like he and i both have a connection to maharaji and i was like maharaji man and as i'm writing that i think someone else came up one of the guests and walked by and said uh something to the effect of uh i just heard your story about meeting radha and, and maharaji and how it was all involved and they said there's so many synchronicities going on and i was just like oh my god i remember like, dude and now and i said maharaji and he said baba j yeah, yeah. and it's just sweet you know yeah. i don't know it's just sweet you know part of the synchronicities part of the connection in reason that we reached out to have east forest here is your connection with ramdas and that's been a big part of my spiritual. you've got a ramdas quote when you walk in the front door yeah well that's our, that which really is, is which is we're all just walking each other home yeah and that is the ethos of reunion we're and i love the word we are all just walking each other home there's a humility in that we're doing this together right yeah you know so it's not you're coming here to be walked home or you know we're doing it together so that connection you know, was the reason we reached out, you know, it was your, your music with Ramdas that connected with so many of my own uh, ceremonies. So having you here was, was a real thrill from, from our perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you for the invitation. I think I told you when you reached out, uh, that we get invitations to do forms of ceremony. It's like 99% of them don't work out mostly because we, we usually, proceed and ask some questions. You start asking questions about what, what, you know, as you know, what it takes and, well, we need to do this and have you considered that? And, and most people like to think that sounds like a lot of hard work. <laughs> that's like, that's, uh, I was just thinking about, we get together, you play some music and, uh, even like the sound system. Yeah. I mean, down here it is usually not great sound systems. You certainly can't rent stuff very easily and it's difficult to even buy things. And that's one of the first questions well, not first, but one of the questions we asked was, let's talk about sound because everything right. I'm playing 
for the most part, is, is coming out of speakers. So they have to be of some kind of quality for the experience to work. And uh, you were down, man. And I still was like, are you, uh, are you, are you going to be able to get this stuff? And we had this beautiful uh, quad system. So we had four speakers uh, and some subwoofers and great EAW speakers. And I I hope you felt it, but it made a huge difference. Oh, the, the sound huge quality difference. was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, don't regret that. That was a big investment for us. And, it'll and, pay you back in spades. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. Yeah. It started to already. Yeah, man. Yeah, but people often don't realize that, you know, it's just like sometimes when you get into the weeds of this work, it's uh, like Rada does ketamine therapy day to day, and it's almost all essentially trauma therapy with people. And it's it's hard work. It's it really, work. you're in the muck and it's beautiful, but it's exhausting because you're really empathizing and being there with people and it takes a lot of time and it's and, and it, it's so, it can be really powerful and effective uh, for people to be able to share things and discover things. Um, but it's not easy. No, it's not easy. You know? I remember one ceremony, uh, myself, I'm sitting there and you know, I'm in the restroom and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, is this all about trauma and the things to my, in my life that, it, you know, didn't go well, you know? And I was just like, you know, where's the, you know, where's the happy times, you Where know, where's the, the birthday parties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I heard it, you know, almost like someone was standing in the room and it was, you don't need healing from the happy times right? Those are still there to experience. You know, it's these traumas that, 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 that you hang on to, that I was hanging on to, you know, working through that, that goes, that's the work part that you, you had suggested earlier. It's not easy to go into some of these things. And when, when Rad is doing these therapies with, with people, you know, they're dealing with a lot of stuff, tough stuff. Yes. yes. And a lot, you know, when we're, when we're born, I had this realization about, look, things happen to us. Lots of things that, you know, and that has influenced the choices that we've made in our lives. And that creates calm, karma and traumas. And then here we are today with all these choices we've made. But really going back to the beginning, like, that's not your fault that things happen to you. And it happens to everybody. All these different things happen to us that affect. And it's a lineage of choices that we pass down from generation to generation. But the kind of compassion we can have for each other, like, look, all the choices we've made have that kind of contact. It doesn't absolve us from our responsibility of making those choices, uh, but it's the idea that they have a root. You know, they they have a past. They have an influence, and it's not like we're doing this in a vacuum, right? You know, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think what I, a common theme I hear is, is people are coming here to experience life to their fullest, to its fullest. In in and it's possible. Yeah. But, and it's happening and it's more full today for a lot of us than it was yesterday after last night's ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really beautiful vibe right now. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Lots of smiles, lots of, you know, yeah. people just open hearts and in gratitude. So you, you've, you've drank a lot of ayahuasca. Uh, tell us maybe one of the, or one or two of the weirdest things. Have you ever hung out with some massive praying manti or just like, I can't believe like the, yeah. You know, you're, maybe even stranger, you know, it's like, it made no sense that like you and Cher, uh, <laughs> was or who knows what. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand it at first. I grew up in a very religious upbringing. Christian, you, know, you start Catholic? Catholic. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, this was all, you know, considered to be cult, you know, and, and, and not the, the path. There was only one path and, and that was this religion that, that I was, was taught as a kid. Um, so one night I'm in, in, in an ayahuasca ceremony and I'm like, wow, there's a lot going on. You know, I'm kind of seeing a different dimension than, you know, than this reality. <laughs> kind of seeing <laughs> a different dimension. Yeah. And at one point I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, now how many of these people standing around me are really here and how many are just here? And I, I couldn't tell the difference. Raise your hand if you're in the third dimension. Okay. Who's in the fourth Fifth, okay, <laughs> and I, and I remember watching this guy walk by me, and he was looking, making eye contact as as he was walking by, and then he was gone. I'm like, wow, okay, you know, I just saw that, and you know, I swear it was real. You know, it was it was so vivid, and felt it was real, yet it wasn't in our in this dimension for sure. Yeah, so that thinning of the veil, you know, these other dimensions, you know, that awareness that it exists. 
you know, I had a, a guest say to me once, what's the most profound experience that's happened to you in your, in your ayahuasca? And my, I just kind of blurted out. I said, I now know God. I, I, I know what that is. I've been told about it, but I feel it, you know? And she said, I don't believe in God. I said, that's okay. But if you want to know God, it's just know- a word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what it means to you. Yeah, You can yeah. know God too, whatever your yeah. version is in, in three days later. I'm at the water cooler and I said to her, how are you doing? And she said, I now know God. And I thought she was joking with me, right? Like I was kind of, and then her eyes welled up and she goes, I've had a connection that I never had before. You know? It's crazy. It sounds culty, right? It sounds culty. Like if someone's think it's culty and is outside and would hear that, they're like, oh, well, that's clearly, literally drank the Kool-Aid and now you're both on the same page and it's no longer on earth. And when I get asked that, you know, how do I know this isn't a cult? My response to that is at reunion, it's about coming back to yourself, reuniting with who you are, you know, listening to you, following your heart, right? And that's what we support here. If that line gets crossed, that one of us is telling you how to live your life or what your next step should be, that's, that's where the cult is. You know, that's when it's time to, to, to not be at the place. Listening to mm-hmm. yourself, coming back to yourself, you know, that's not a cult. Question, is there anything you do or have you thought this about this much, how we can take that inner work and help it manifest into others and a sense of community in the world as opposed to spiritual narcissism or also sort of the extractive nature of just like, well, I just want to use this so I can be more efficient in capitalism, essentially, you know, because we have a problem right now of the way we're living is clearly not sustainable. We don't need to just be like, let's make Google more efficient, you know? Yeah. And there is, um, with these medicines right now, a bit of the, the idea that, you know, I'll become more efficient. I'll, I'll have my creativity. Like I just sparked. want to be a better meditator so that I make more money or so to speak. Right. Or I'm, I'm going to be able to 10 X my, my company with the help of, of these medicines. Um, it, we try to make it clear to us that's not who we are. Like this isn't that experience. This is people really looking to connect with themselves, you know, a transformation, personal growth, that type of thing. But th- we do have people come here and it starts out with a 10X experience and that may happen, right? You know, a- as a result of doing this work. But I think a lot of people, what they get out of this most, Krishna, is the coming back to themselves. And then how how that leads next in their life. Um, you know, it could be a 10 X of your business. It could be, you know, the, the partner of your, of your dreams. These things can come out of these experiences, but what we try to do here is just hold space for them to experience what these medicines can do. I do believe that change happens only from the inside out and that's how the world changes. And so that is in a sense, step one and why inner work is critical. Right. But I also believe that then there is a level of choice in your own discernment to sort of say, is th- there should be a natural unfolding where it becomes about others and us. Because if you recognize that there's no sense of self that is isolated, that is an illusion, that there is a connection, there is a oneness between all life, then it's inevitable that you want to help others and be involved with others and be in the spirit of the gift because there is because you enjoy it. There's right. there's no reason not to. It's like, I, oh, I want to help my neighbor. I I, I want to do what are, all the different, even the, the small ways of just being loving to in the cashier line in just your presence. As yeah. opposed to why am I being a jerk when you can have that sense of meta-awareness that like I, I, I'm feeling separate right now, but I, I've known now that I'm not. So there has to be on yourself a check-in to say like, if it's all about you still, and that's, that's really your concerns, there might be still some work to do there. Yeah. And I think that all about me is a process of letting go. You know, I don't, for me, it hasn't been a single journey or, or a single week. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's been a journey, you know, and, and letting go of, you know, the me part of this, it, t- it takes, it, it's a journey. Right. Yeah. And I think the benefits of being on that journey is the power and the ability to connect with others in, in, you know, experience nature in a different, in a different way, experience life in a different way. And it does change. I hear from people all the time. I, I, I flew back differently than I came here. 
It was just different. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's the, that's the benefit of these, of these plant medicines. What do you think for retreat centers in general is I think they could do to help like steer that process? And it's like, do you do much for with integration? I was just going to say, yeah, integration is really or important. How do you do that when people are essentially leaving? Yeah. Well, we have a, an, a follow-up program afterwards where okay. we connect back with guests. Um, you know, every, every, everyone has an integration program. Some of it's uh, emailed, some of it's online. Uh, we have Wayne community uh, calls where people that have been here can can check back in. It's the power of that community. You know, here's what I'm going through. Here's yeah. you know, reaching out to each other uh, is is really what we try to hold in a space for that. Well, and here I am saying like, you know, you have to do self check, and the more you know, I also have to remember like the role of community friends, whomever, is a way of being your mirror too, and saying like, hey, uh, I think things are a little out of alignment. Yeah, where it's like you might want to think about what you just said or what you're, you know, I mean, that is one of the main roles of when you say the word community, that can be your friend. That's being a good friend. Too, yeah. It's like, let other people be a mirror to me. Like, here's what I'm seeing. Let me just tell you what I'm seeing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's why I love the Ram desk quote. We're all just walking each other home. Yeah. We're doing this together. You know, how do, how can I help you? How can you help me? You know, it's that community piece. And we all have things to learn from each other and it's, it is a journey. It's like, you know, sometimes we make mistakes. Um, I think your intention here is clearly uh, really beautiful with a lot of integrity and I, and I'm sure you you make mistakes and you're open to saying, okay, you know what, we should probably change that. And maybe we'll do this a little differently. And I'm sure you're experimenting. You're, you're doing something edgy. Yeah. There's no manual for this, right? Um, there's there's no you know book that you just download from the internet on, on, on how to open a retreat center. Well, not retreat centers, but I suppose there's with ayahuasca, there's traditions on dietas, right? How that's been done for yeah. a long time. Um, and this is in some ways a riffing on that, I suppose, or it's a hybrid. Uh, we are a hybrid. We're a hybrid between the you know traditional ancient ways of doing these medicines and you know, we have a medical program here, you know, and, and we have psychotherapists on the team. So it's a hybrid between the two, which I think, you know, one of our indigenous shaman, I mean, his, his vision when, when he was younger was his role. What he felt was to bring the medicine from his village to the Western world. And he serves medicine here at Reunion. And it's a, it's a beautiful idea. He says that when he grew up, you know, this was, he was told to keep this secret. The, the ayahuasca was, was something that was not to be talked about. It was, was for the village, you know. And now he sits at reunion uh, serving, you know, ayahuasca, um, you know, many months of the year here and bringing these medicines to the, the you know, ancient, ancient wisdoms yeah. uh, to the Western world. You know, so part of what we try to do on here in is respect for those lineages and the learning and the traditions and then combine that with some of the things that we're also proving to work from a modality perspective. Yeah. And some people, uh, I'm sure, have criticisms of like wanting it to be a certain way or, or not, you know, sullied or all. It, look, it's a multi layered thing when you're bringing in something ancient and old and storied into this modern world that, um, but it's also crazy that ayahuasca has spread around the world at all yeah. because it's not easy work. No, it's, it's not, not easy like, oh, we discovered the <laughs> easy, you know, I mean, it's one of the hardest and challenging things. And so on that level, it's kind of interesting that the vine over the last few decades, you know, and it's, it makes sense when I zoom out and think about the predicament we're in and how these medicines play a role in, in transformation, perhaps at a faster speed than if we weren't working with them. Right. Typically, not always. Let's hope we need typically, it. Typically, yeah, because it's sort of all hands on deck as far as transformation of humanity. Right. Uh, well, our, our ethos here at Reunion is that there's no one path. There's no single way, you know, to, to do this work. That we believe our job, our role is to support the guest on their path, what they feel that path is. For some, that will be a very traditional lineage, you know, sitting with an 11th generation healer like we have here, drinking, he's 48, been drinking medicine since he was 12. 
right? Uh, for others, it may be uh, a more modern path. Last night was a different experience mm-hmm. uh, sitting sitting with these medicines with with you, mm-hmm. right? Um, both are beautiful, and and the guests that are here this week came for a different experience, although transformative. Um, then someone may come to sit with with a with a you know shaman. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in a very religious home, and I was told from a young age there's only one path. Everybody else was wrong. You know, if you don't if you don't follow this path, you're not doing it right. And in my experience with the medicine, is that simply not true? You know, there are many paths. You know, and you know the, probably the only path that isn't the correct path is the one going around the mountain telling everyone else they're wrong. You know. So we hold a high respect for the medicine, for the people that serve the medicine, for the support team that's here. And at the same time, we're not telling you how you should live your life. That's your, that's you deciding how to do that. And we don't tell you how to live your life and we don't tell you how to do the medicine or the path that should be for you. Ketamine, you know, Rada, like that's a path, right? For, for, for many people, a very valuable uh, uh, medicine experience, right? Some people would say, well, that isn't in the lineage. That, you know, that isn't right. That's not how you should be doing medicine, right? Um, here, we, we simply support the guest on the path that they're on. But you have your ways of doing it, like, uh, I don't know, going back to psilocybin, for instance. I mean, I don't know. You have to make decisions about, do we want it in a ceremonial context? And what does that look like? And what do we not want to do? You know, where are the lines about, like, well, we're not, we're not going to... I don't know, do it a certain way. Yeah. Like, uh, Here, Here's the line though, Krishna. We do it this way in a community setting. And at the same time, we're not saying doing it different than this is wrong. Right. It's a way. It's a way. It's our way. Like we have an offering. It's an invitation. This is how we do it. It's right? open about what we're up to here. And what I see sometimes in the spiritual community, there's, you know, it's, it's what I grew up with you know, in, in religion is if you're not doing it this way, you're doing it wrong. And then there's this judgment, you know, this isn't an integrity and this isn't the way it should be. Um, I simply don't subscribe to that. You know, if you are following your path and we're supporting you in that, that's what this is about. We do it in a community, you know, group setting. If someone chooses to do it individually, that's okay. If someone wants to do psilocybin, you know, with a single sitter, yeah, that's your path. Yeah. If you want to come down here to to reunion and experience, you know, something similar to what we did last night, that's that's what we do here. Yeah. You know, our line is that reunion is a place to ignite life. But we are not telling you how you should ignite your life. We are providing a place for you to come and experience that the medicines. Well, it's a beautiful and big endeavor and we've had a really powerful week here. I want to thank you for that. And, um, and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks really for trusting it. me. <laughs> yeah. That was a, I'm sure it takes courage. I mean, you're definitely a person of courage. I can see that <laughs> and I'll get on you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, anything else you want to add or people? No, just know? really a, a sincere thanks to, to you and the work that you're doing and getting this word out there and, uh, your music, you know, really just uh, so much of the journey with, with these medicines or with psilocybin can, can be with, with, the music component to, to help guide and to Rata too. It's great to have you both down here for, yeah. for the week. Well, people know I believe in music yes. <laughs> and the power <laughs> of it and the role of it, but we don't have we, to We heard that. it last night in that yeah. sound system. It was, it was amazing. Thanks, man. Good to talk. Yeah, you too. Well, thanks, Brad, for taking some time uh, and thank you for hosting us. It's just you're very generous with with everything and it meant a lot to us and that kind of invitation is what allowed us to step into that experience and allowed other people to also have the courage to step into it and come down and uh, hopefully more to come this music you're hearing in the background is called seabed and it is off the music for the deck of the titanic the deluxe edition which was just released i released five more tracks so there's now a deluxe edition of the music for the deck of the titanic record Wherever you listen to music, I mean, that went from 11 tracks to what? Now we have 16, so I don't know, 45%, something like that, more tracks, if you're a math person. Um, But some of them are like some, I think there's three of these piano solo tracks. There's another one featuring Mary M that's super cool. She's singing Wall-Off. That's the Follow Me track. And and there's another one called uh, A Walk-In. It's about like Court. My friend Court has this phrase about a soul walk-in, like you've had a soul walk-in in your incarnation. 
and I, I wrote a little song about that. And uh, check it out and let us know what you think. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate all the support. Again, thank you to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash eastforest. Many ways to support the project there. And y'all keep walking that walk. Don't take any shit, but if you do, do it with grace. <laughs>